What's up, everyone, and welcome to Mike Check. I'm your host, Mike Velasquez, and this is the podcast where we talk about all things fitness, wellness, rehab, and more importantly, the constant pursuit of knowing better in order to do better for the people that we serve. Now, without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Mike Check. I'm your host, Mike Velasquez, and today I'm excited to have one of my coworkers and friends with me today. Uh, we have Jason LePage. What's going on, bud? Mike, thanks for having me, man. Absolutely, dude. We uh, finally got got this together. We got our time uh, locked in, finally. I know. Better late than never. So <laughs> glad, we can, glad we can finally do it. Awesome. So um, what we'll do is, if you don't mind, we'll start off with a little bit of a uh, like a background just on yourself, kind of um, what you do, where you went to school, um, that sort of thing. And then we'll go from there. Sure. Yeah. So uh, my name is Jay, Jason, Jay, whatever you prefer. That's what I always tell everybody at work. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm a physical therapist, went to uh, Quinnipiac, started um, undergrad there in 2011, did uh, both undergrad and grad there. Um, so that was like a cool little program. We had kind of the entry level DPT program. Um, so we went there. Uh, when I was an undergrad, I kind of, I started um, doing some personal training. So that kind of got me interested, um, you know, personal training, fitness training. I did a lot of group training. I did spinning classes. Those were kind of my two that I had the most fun with. And that kind of got me through grad school. So I was able to do a lot of uh, one-on-one group stuff um, that was started in 2013, all the way through grad school. So that kind of kept me going through. Um, and then we just kind of had some fun with that through PT school. And I think, I always tell everybody, I was like, oh, what made you want to go to PT school? This, that. I was like, I think I kind of just got lucky. I was like, yeah, my parents wanted me to go to college and, and, you know, PT sounded good. And I was like, oh, I like helping people. So that was, that was kind of a big driver for me. It's um, I wanted to work with people and I wanted to help people. And I think kind of the, the fitness and the exercise and that kind of just layered in super nice with that. Um, and we can, I mean, obviously can talk more about that once we, if we're talking about, you know, school and this, that, and the other thing, I'm sure a lot of that stuff will come up. Um, but that's how I got into PT. And then now obviously working at Gaylord, I've been there for two years, a little over two years now, which is kind of crazy. Uh, we were joking this week and, and work and we were like, yeah, next, next thing you know, you're, you know, you're taking your board exam and then you, you, you take a nap and then you've been working for two years and Scott, I thought that was funny. And I, was yeah. like, oh, <laughs> I guess I'm funny. Um, but that, yeah, that was kind of how we, how we started and been in Connecticut ever since. And I, and I like it here. So it's fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I know that, you know, with Quinnipiac, you said you got in, you know, it's kind of an entry level, um, you know, PT, you go in as, as an undergrad going into their PT curriculum. Um, did you have any experience with like PT yourself, like ever going yourself when you were younger? Did you know any PTs? Like what, like, how did you first find out like what PT was? Yeah, good question. Um, I have like your just classic high school athlete story, like got hurt, went to PT. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Like maybe I could see myself doing this one day. Um, I actually had like a patellar tendonitis at the time. If you guys want, we can talk later about what I actually did in that PT treatment session. It's actually comical compared to how I would rehab somebody with a patellar tendinopathy issue. Um, but that, that kind of got me going and I was like, all right, I can kind of see myself doing this. You know, you're like working with people, helping people kind of aligned with what I, what I thought I saw myself doing. And then it, again, like I said, I think it just kind of worked out. I think from what I maybe thought PT was or would have been and then kind of how the you know the exercise and, and the training and how my experience there kind of tied in, tied in and just you know made it really enjoyable for me at this point so I tell people too it's like I, I got lucky but in the in the best way possible 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, that, that story is pretty common. You know, some, you get, you get hurt, you go to PT and it just, you kind of enjoy the experience, whether that's, yeah. you know, it fits in with your, your interests or like, you just have a really good connect. Like I had a really good connection with uh, my PT when I went um, and got injured. So I always think it's kind of cool how, how people find out um, or get interested in PT. Um, now, was your experience like with that, was it like when you were going to school, was it like, was all you knew about PT, kind of the ortho world or were you aware that, you know, there was like acute care settings, like neuro settings, that sort of stuff? Cause I had no idea to be honest. Yeah, I had absolutely no idea. I thought it was all um, outpatient orthopedics cause that was kind of the experience I had with it. So this is actually a funny story. So we had to get observation hours um, to go to uh, Quinnipiac. You need X amount of hours mm-hmm. just to, you know, make sure you're seeing all the different settings and all the different this. And then that's when I found out, I was like, wait, PTs work in a hospital. I was like, yeah. they want me to go and shadow a hospital. I was like, oh my God, that sounds awful. So I actually ended up shadowing at a hospital outpatient clinic. So the, I, it was just regular outpatient orthopedics, kind of like Gaylord has. Um, and they signed off on the letterhead and it, I think it was a uh, Memorial hospital in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. So it said Memorial hospital, the lady signed off on it and they counted it as my like inpatient observation, oh. <laughs> but it was, it was outpatient. And I was like, Oh, I had no clue. Like PTs work in an inpatient setting. Um, I thought it was all outpatient and that was kind of what I had and what I liked with it. So, yeah, absolutely. I was kind of, you know, same way I was, you know, went in kind of thinking like ortho was the route that I wanted to go and, you know, kind of proto prototypical PT student, but, um, came out and, you know, kind of in that world right now. But, um, yeah, I definitely had absolutely no idea that, you know, PTs worked in hospital or anything like that. So that was super interesting. Um, yeah, actually I would, let's talk about that. Like, what was that, uh, you know, experience like with your, uh, patellar tendonitis in, in, in air quotes there. All right. So my, my, I remember exactly what I did. I have a weird memory. Um, so I did, um, infrared laser on my knee for about 10 minutes each time. Uh, did just some soft tissue work to my quad. Um, I'm sorry. It was a quadricep tendonitis, not a patellar. Um, it was actually at the top of my knee in my quad, not the bottom on the patellar tendon. Um, just to clarify actually. Um, so yeah, infrared laser for 10 minutes, um, some stretching, uh, some hamstring and, and hip flexor stretching, uh, massage, and then, uh, eccentric slant board squats and then, um, ice. That was my PT for probably like six weeks. Was there any like progression from that or was it like, just like, that was like every time? No, that was it every time. Same. Well, I think I was in there like two, maybe two days a week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty much no progression from that whatsoever. Maybe we did like some squatting at some point, but I, I just, I really just remember that slam board and I was like, yeah. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> and you, uh, you played uh basketball, right? Yeah. I played basketball and ran track. And then, uh, so when you went back, like where you, did that end up, you know, having a good outcome for you? Like, were you able to go back to playing basketball and everything like that or? Yep. So I went back to playing basketball, but that actually was an issue um, all the way through grad school, actually. Okay. Um, until, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, it was just like on and off. It never was something that stopped me from doing anything. It never stopped me from playing. It was just like, ah, oh, damn, like ugh, my knee, my knee, oh, quad, whatever. Need more laser. Um, yeah, I need more laser. Need more <laughs> massage. Um, but it wasn't until we actually learned like, you know, um, you know, some of like the actual loading stuff. And I actually used like a bit of the, like the heavy slow resistance training in with just my regular stuff. Yep. Um, and that, I mean, 
that cleaned it up pretty nicely. Again, I don't know if that's just like, oh, I thought I'm doing something new and cool for my mm-hmm. for my knee. Um, but ever since I've just kind of incorporated some of that in, I was like, that really just I haven't had I haven't had it bother me in probably two or three years now. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um so now going through uh, PT school, uh, obviously like going through undergrad and, and grad, did you ever come to a point where um, you were kind of sec- you second guessed anything? You were like, yeah, I don't know if this is for me, to be honest. Um, or was it, you know, you kind of just were dead set on, on going through the whole thing? No, I, I definitely had the uh, like the falling out moment. I Again, I'll never forget this one either. So it was after the first year, uh, I was when we were taking cardio palm. And I think I probably just had like a pretty bad attitude towards like all the inpatient classes and like dinner. I was like, ah, I just like didn't care for it. And we had been through the whole first year. Obviously it was just like pretty tough. And then I remember just calling my mom. I was like, mom, I don't want to do this. I was like, I, I just I don't like these classes. Like they're not fun. Like, I just, I don't think I want to do this. And she was like, just get through it. Like it's going to be fine. And then we ended up getting through that semester. I had an orthopedic clinical rotation, fortunately, at the end of the summer. And then I was like, damn, okay, like this is this is it. I was like, it was really fun. I had a really good um, experience at Concentra, which I know some people kind of laugh at. And I know we have, um, we know some folks who work there. Um, but I think as a first clinical out, just kind of seeing really a lot of different stuff there from like acute injuries to a lot of workers comp, like a lot of the psychosocial stuff that you talk about in school, but like you just kind of like brush over. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think really seeing a lot of that at the beginning was good. And I, and that was kind of what really solidified it. I was like, okay, cool. Like, all right, you maybe you don't like this class or these couple of classes, but it's, it's just something you got to learn and get through. And, and um, yeah, that orthopedic clinical really locked it in for me. Yeah, for sure. I definitely can, that resonates with me a little bit, you know, going through some of the the more foundational stuff, it can get a little bit, you know, boring at times. And, you know, you're like, uh, what am I doing? And this isn't why I wanted to go to PT school. But then, you know, I had like the summer that we actually first, you know, integrated, um, you know, musculoskeletal, like, um, patho and stuff like that. I got, I was like, okay, like this is, this is what I came for. Um, definitely. So, but yeah, you definitely, uh, you know, it's something you, you need to learn all that stuff, obviously, if, you know, for, you know, your board exam, and then you obviously still reflect back on those fundamental things and various aspects of, of care. Um, but it's yeah. not always the most, <laughs> the most fun and what we, uh, get excited about all the time. Um, so, yeah. I'm sure there's people who do get excited. No, yeah, for sure. Which is good. Like you need, we need PTs and we need people to work in different, different things. So I'm glad people do get excited about that. I just, you know, it's unfortunately not going to be us for that, but. Yeah, no, I, I hundred percent agree. You know, that's a lot of people like Rich, Rich Severin, big, uh, you know, cardio palm, um, you know, he's board certified in that and he comes out with a lot of amazing content. So that area is, uh, is pretty fascinating. So, um, so you're going through school. I know I first came across you and I don't, I don't remember if it was through clinical athletes specifically, or if it was through level up, but, um, you know, how, when did you kind of come across, um, you know, those two companies level up or clinical athlete? I don't know which one came first for you. Um, but kind of, uh, talk about that a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah. So clinical athlete, I, we're going to, we can talk about them. I got to give them a, you know, I got to tip my hat to Quinn and all those guys, what they did over there. Um, so I came across clinical athletes, um, in 2016, which kind of starts to make me feel a little old now, even though we're not old. Um, but yeah, I was on that actually that first orthopedic clinical rotation. I was like, 
damn, I was like, all right, I'm really liking this. Like, all right, how can I kind of go above and beyond? Like, obviously all the stuff we learned in school is great, but I was like, I really started to like the orthopedic, the outpatient stuff. And at this point I had been, you know, working in with some, with some fitness folks and doing some personal training. I had been doing that for probably like three and a half years at this point. So I was like, okay, now it's kind of, now it's time to, let's see what's out there. Um, so I got involved on Instagram. Um, I started putting some stuff out, just like networking with some people, meeting some people. And I came across, um, clinical athlete one of the, one of my friends in my class this kid jamie so if you ever listen to it, we can shout out jamie davis um he was like hey man did you check out this page like clinical athlete and we were like wait what's this and then we were like scrolling through and it was like quinn doing like kettlebell drills and like quinn doing stuff with bands and squatting and we were like oh man like this is what we want to do for pt like this is like some cool stuff like so we started kind of messing through there and then we obviously came across the clinical athlete forum um, which is probably where a lot of uh, folks started with them back when, you know, when they started the forum. And that was just like, that was like mind explosion, getting pretty much getting anything and everything that you thought just flipped upside down and just talking with a lot of really experienced clinicians like Derek Miles, Michael Ray, like interacting with Quinn too. Um, I think he was probably like a little younger at this point. I know like Derek and, and, Mike, I think we're probably practicing for like upwards of 10 years at that point. Um, so it was just really cool that they wanted to just like, Hey, like, let's talk about some research. Like, let's talk about some stuff, like just, you know, kind of shoot the shit and whatever you guys are thinking clinically students. And then I, I took on the role as like a student ambassador with them. So we were just reading some research, posting some stuff every week, just getting some discussions going with students. So that was really like a huge, huge first step for me as I was like, wow, okay. You think, you know, all this stuff, like as a first year student. And then it's like, Nope. Um, and then, uh, and then that's actually how I met Zach. Um, so that next, that, that same year, this all actually have, it's, it's funny that you ask and now you can, you know, you sit and reflect on this stuff, but that same fall, when I was on that clinical rotation, clinical athlete was doing a seminar in Boston. It was Quinn, Zach and, uh, Matt Ibrahim. I don't know if you've yeah. met him. He's Matt's the man. I think he's, he's the absolute man. He used to work at Boston PT and wellness for a while. So they put on like a little sports performance seminar and I was like, Oh my God, I was like, this is awesome. Um, and I met Zach and then, then the rest is kind of history. And then when he started level up, I was like, dude, this is fucking awesome. Um, yeah. So that, I know that was a long winded answer, but no, yeah, that's, that's cool. I think I, yeah, I remember when Zach and, and Matt, I think they used to have like their hip hinge seminar, like yep, way back in the day. Yep. Um, so I remember kind of following, following those guys kind of all the way back then when they were doing that. Um, so that's really cool. So when you were kind of doing some of that stuff and then you ended up going, cause I don't know this, cause I know with UConn, you know, they, we do all of our full-time clinical rotations, uh, our last year, um, Quinnipiac, did they kind of intersperse it a little bit more through the curriculum? Yeah. So what Quinnipiac does is you have three full-time clinical rotations. Uh, the first one's at the end of your first academic year. Um, so you go fall semester, spring semester, summer semester, and then a clinical semester, um, the second fall. Um, then you go your Thanksgiving break, Christmas break. Um, in hindsight, that eight week break we got was was something I definitely did not take enough advantage of. Yeah. Um, and then you go back for one more year of classes, um, spring, summer, fall, and then two more clinical rotations to finish. That was how their program was structured. So when that uh, that rotation, the orthopedic rotation you're talking about, you had two. Um, you went back after that, and then did two two clinical rotations after that. 
Yep, one okay. was acute, one was acute care, and another one okay. was orthopedic. Um, so after kind of getting um, involved with clinical athlete, and then you know meeting Zach and all that stuff. So any changes in kind of how you viewed some of the stuff that you were learning in school? Because I know that I you know came across. I was fortunate to come across clinical athlete fairly early on in, in school, and then you know you're reading stuff on there and then you're learning kind of, you know, some of the stuff that, you know, we learn in school is, you know, obviously it's geared towards making sure that we pass the board exam. So some of it is a little, you know, outdated, um, to be nice. Um, so like, do you, did it kind of, you know, start raising any flags for you? Did you start like kind of going through moments of like, Oh, why am I learning this? Like, is it a waste of my time? Like challenging things. Um, how did that kind of go for you? Um, so I, I think the answer is like yes and no, because there was a question in that that made me think yes and no. So I think the, the first thing that made me actually really appreciate is we had a, from, from orthopedics, from musculoskeletal, we had a very evidence-based curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think at that point in hindsight, I was like, damn, like I didn't actually appreciate what we were being taught when we were being taught it. Um, like we were going through, like we were learning all the stuff coming straight out of the CPGs for everything. Yep. Like we were getting all the up to speed stuff for i mean literally anything i could grab my note i'll show actually i'll show you next week what we learned yeah i actually looked through we learned heavy slow resistance training in undergrad mm-hmm. uh, it's just it was one of those things where you're sitting in class you're like oh my god like all this stuff i gotta learn da, 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 da. and it's like it was right there in front of us the whole time um so i think i like really appreciated that um but then we came back and our, our last orthopedic course was just kind of like all manual therapy um so it was actually cool, like to learn all the spinal manipulation stuff. I obviously use some of that stuff regularly, but I think at the time I kind of was like, Oh, like, Oh, like manual, like, I want to learn manual therapy. Like, you know, kind of like that. All right. Where, you know, you think you kind of know a whole lot of stuff. Um, and then like, I remember the K tape lecture. I was just like, we're really doing this. Like, <laughs> really. Um, so it was kind of like both sides. Like I appreciated some of the stuff that we had, but then some of it, I was like, oh, like yeah, I'm too good for this. Da, da, da. And then mm-hmm. in hindsight, you're like, okay, you're just, you're just a naive kid. Um, but yeah, it definitely made me look at some of the stuff differently. Again, long-winded answer, but. No, I think that's, you know, pretty accurate. And, you know, it, it allows you, it's easy. Like I've always, I always had the experience like, when I was, you know, whether it was like part-time affils or like full-time, you know, clinical affiliations. And like when you're beginning, you're kind of, you know, observing a little bit more and, you know, it's easy to be a, a backseat driver. I always felt like, you know, someone would say something or they'd use an intervention. I'm like, Oh, you know, why would they do that? Or, you know, that's yep. pretty, that's dumb. You know what they just said. And then when you get, you know, put in that situation yourself and you're in the hot seat, you know, it's, it's a lot different. Um, so, you know, it's, it's easy to kind of comment on things and have your opinions on things. But then, you know, when you're the actual person making the decisions and dealing with, you know, a human being that's, you know, very complex and has a lot of, you know, yeah. you know their histories and, yep. you know, injury history and everything else going on, it's, it's a lot more, you know, difficult than it, than it looks um, from that backseat, uh, which, which has been, you know, something that I've continued to kind of appreciate as I've now, you know, a, a year past kind of working now, um, which is crazy. Like you were talking about before you kind of just blink and you know, it's, it's crazy seeing like the class below me now, you know, the, when they passed their board exam and I was like, Whoa, like I, I feel like that was like last week. Um, so that's crazy. Um, so now, you know, going through school, like you finally, um, actually before we get to that, so let's, let's talk about, you actually had a pr- pretty big following on social media. Um, 
prime prime physio fitness i th- you know that was definitely a page that i uh subscribed to and and i also watched some of your videos and i took some of your stuff and um got like you have like eighteen thousand followers it's pretty it's pretty pretty good yeah i mean it was at twenty one thousand at one point and then i just kind of fell off the wagon yeah can, that's a whole nother thing in itself but yeah i i mean i i kind of was like pretty like when i was in school like, i was pretty gung-ho that i wanted to like work for myself when i got out of school um i still think i want to do that but maybe not as soon as i, I might have thought i mm-hmm. think you can, once you kind of get out there and I'm, I'm sure you know now it's like right a year out you kind of look back and reflect and like, things are a little different and you look at things a little differently um so i think i still probably want to work for myself at one point but but i don't i, I still don't know yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I used, I, I really used the, the Instagram page in a way to like kind of study in school as weird as that is. I was like, okay, we learned this cool thing in class today. Or like, I saw this really cool thing on clinical, like, all right, let me process it. Let me digest it. Let me like, make sure I kind of know what I'm talking about here and like put something out for somebody else to see. So that was, when I was in school, when I first started doing it, that was kind of like how I, I was using it. I was like, damn, okay, let me like, so what did I do today? what was cool about this? How could I use this for somebody or myself? Or I just was like, wanted to nerd out in the anatomy textbook or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would put it out and I was like, all right, this is kind of fun. And that started to meet people. That's again, it's how I met Zach. Um, I remember having a conversation with Teddy. Um, so it, funny stories, me and Teddy got started at the same time. There was a time I had more followers on Instagram. than Teddy. <laughs> um, and then he, he just, I don't know what he did, but he just took off and he's the man. Um, but I remember sitting in the parking lot talking to Teddy one day about just, you know, clinic and life and everything. He was a man. So I was able to like kind of meet like a bunch of people through that. And it was, it was kind of fun. And, but then Instagram changed. Um, I don't know when, I don't know why we could probably do a whole podcast on on what Instagram and, and, and I, I kind of feel bad for some of the PT students right now who, um, Right. Cause you're a PT student right now. You're probably like 21 to 23. So like you just straight up grew up with your cell phone. That's true. Um, that's true. Where I was like, I mean, we didn't have iPhone. I didn't have an iPhone until my sophomore year of college. Um, so like these kids are just seeing some of the stuff that's on there and I'll just leave it as some of the stuff we don't have to, I mean, we yeah. can talk about it if you want to, cause we've talked about it plenty of times at work and like you see some of the stuff on there and I'm just like, what I look at so much stuff. I'm like, what is the purpose of this video? Like I look and I'm like, now that you, once you are a clinician and once you start getting some reps, you're like, damn, some of these bigger accounts that are putting stuff out. I'm like, this is literally just a waste of my time to look at this. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like now I really appreciate following guys more like Eric Lagoy. Um, I, I like following Paul. I like following some of those guys who are putting out things that kind of like have some meaning to them and have like, but that's the stuff that doesn't get likes and it doesn't get views and it doesn't get follows. Um, so it's almost like a paradox of like, what's, what's kind of, you know, popping off on Instagram, so to speak versus, you know, what's actually like some good quality content. Um, so that, that's kind of where I'm like, I kind of like would, would caution some of these like younger PT students who are where I was, you're hungry, where you were, where I was, where all of us were, you're hungry. You want to get after it. You want to do everything you can possibly do to be like, all right, like, what can I learn? What can I do? And then you see some of this stuff and I'm like, Oh, good Lord. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, you know, it's definitely one of my original like things going through PT school. I was like, Oh, you know, maybe I'll, I'll start like an Instagram page, that sort of thing. And, you know, looking back, I'm really glad that I didn't because, you know, it's, it's very, 
it, I'm sure, it, and I'm sure you can speak to this, but it's, it becomes like overwhelming and like it, it's, it, I'm sure it takes time and a lot of thought to kind of make those posts. And especially if you're trying to put out quality content, um, you're really being, you know, careful about, you know, your wording with things and everything like that. And then you also, I'm sure have to, to deal with, you know, comments, you know, here and there that, you know, you get into an argument with someone about something at some point, I'm sure. Um, so like it, it takes up a lot of time and, you know, aside from, you know, being like a full-time clinician and just trying to, you know, enjoy your life as as a regular person, like you, you know, it, it just takes up a lot of your time. And that's what, you know, shout out to the people like, you know, Teddy and, um, Sam that have been able to grow such a following and like put out really high quality stuff. Because yeah. it's it's got to be uh, you know absurdly time consuming, and I would consi- probably say a little stressful um, for me. But um, I'm sure that they have their way of managing it. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And, and I met Sam too through Clinical Athlete way back. Like we had, we have had quite a few discussions. Like I got a lot of respect for Sam and what he's doing. Like Sam Spinelli, him yeah. and, and that crew. He yeah, that's the thing. He's always put out just high quality stuff. Like he hasn't just done stuff just to do it. Um, and yeah, I could imagine that takes up a lot of time. So, you know, he's definitely somebody I, I will look to on the gram. Um, and even just like, if you need like anything, like, like he's got good archives too. Yeah, absolutely. uh, Yeah. Um, actually I was looking through, maybe we'll kind of, Actually, I'll bring that up in a little bit because it'll tie in, I think. Um, so let's. So you graduate from PT school. So kind of, you know, what are you, you know, most excited? You know, we're talking about being like a, a hungry student and you know being excited to join and, and start your um, kind of you know professional life as a new clinician. Like, what were you most excited about? You know, starting out. Um, I think. I was just most excited to not be in school anymore. I know that's not like a like as a PT kind of answer. Um, and then I'll kind of, I can tell you a little, like Gaylord, why I choose to work at Gaylord. I was just so sick of being in school, like that regimented, like this after this, and then we're learning this and then we're doing this. I was like, I was just at the point where I had had so much of that. And I was like, I needed some time to breathe. I needed some time to just sort through my thoughts and everything we learned in PT school. And I know then we kind of, you know, you have, I'm sure you had it and everyone has, you know, you have at the end of school. All right. What are you going to do next? Residency, this, that, and the other thing. And I was like, yo, I don't want anything to do with that right now. I was like, I need to go and just like be in an informal setting and start to just get some reps in. And I I really wanted to have like a, like a lot of informal mentorship. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of exactly what I got at Gaylord outside from all the other, I think, great things that Gaylord does and and what they're about. That was a big thing for me is I I didn't want a structured mentorship program right out of the gates. Um, And I was able to get that there. So that was like huge for me is like, all right, I was excited about that. I was excited to not be sitting in a classroom and just kind of get out of that regimented structured thing that was driving me crazy at the end of three years. Yeah. And I, well, especially for you, it was like a whole, you know, what, six and a half, like just straight through like I thankfully had a little bit of a break in between my undergrad and grad school but you just went straight yep. through so I can imagine that being you know absolutely just being like wanting to be done with it um so um as far as you know being excited about not being in school anymore or anything like that um kind of did you have any any fears starting out kind of anything that kind of worried you in the back of your head about you know maybe flying solo or anything like that um 
flying solo as like just like being a clinician yeah like no you know no ci like to to fall back on that sort of thing you know you're practicing under your license yeah um yeah i think i mean i, I think it's like every every everyone remembers when you start you're just like super nervous and you're like oh my god this person thinks i know what i'm what i'm doing or what i'm talking about and, and to some degree you do obviously you know you trust the education that you had and you know you had good teachers and you had all that but then it's like all right like okay uh here i am yeah <laughs> um so that i mean that was just super like overwhelming definitely pretty nerve-wracking for a while and i, I don't know how you feel about it but i would say it, it took me probably until like the first year to feel like I'm like, okay, I can stand on my own two feet now. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, about that, but yeah, I'm sure, sure. I think, you know, the whole, you know, pandemic kind of helped a little bit for me um, yeah. kind of just having that little bit of a, of a break. Cause like when I first started, like I was just, you know, getting used to that whole new environment and like you have to manage not only just being a clinician, but like, you know, like the insurance side of things and like knowing when yeah. to like, you have to write a progress note and all that stuff. So, you know, kind of having COVID happen, you know, trying to look at the bright sides of that, you know, kind of almost having like a bit of a reset, I thought was yeah. very helpful for me because it allowed me to kind of start fresh again. And then I definitely coming back when we started working again, um, it just, I felt a lot more just like, I feel like my flow is way better. I feel like I yeah. have more control over like, you know, my, you know, booking people out and like having my documentation for certain things when I'm supposed to do what, um, and allows me just in having that kind of more sorted out allows me to have more time, um, to actually like read more research and things like that. Cause like I was finally, I was constantly fighting this battle of like, I was, I would be behind on documentation, but I wanted to read research. So most of the time for me, you know, reading was more <laughs> entertaining yeah. for me and I would always just push <laughs> yep, the yep. documentation to the side and then that would pile up even more. Um, so it definitely, I think, I think that first year, you know, there's a whole lot of getting used to, you know, a lot of different things, you know, just the, you know, the background stuff, um, as well. Yeah. Um, but I still, you know, I have days where I'm like, ah, what the heck yeah, am I doing? We all um, do. We all do. So, and as you know, I, you know, being a year out, I still, I still consider myself a new grad to be honest. And I probably will for, you know, a few years just cause, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to, to learn and, and figure out kind of my, my style with everything. And, you know, yep. I still have my fair shares of, of mess ups and, but you know, you're just trying oh, to yeah. learn from those. Um, but yeah, since the, go ahead. No, I was going to say joy, joy is our supervisor for anyone who's looking saying doesn't know that she always used to just say like she was she was like an unbelievable mentor for me still is but like first year she was unbelievable um but she always said first year is the worst like first year is the worst that's what she would always say and like looking back like it's so true because like i think you're coming out and i think any piece of advice i could offer to like any students is like you're coming out the first year like you're like i'm gonna get everybody better i'm gonna do all this i'm gonna learn all these cool techniques i'm gonna take all these cool courses my exercise stuff's gonna be great i'm gonna read research it's like Yes, but like in your first year, you just got to get your flow down. You got to get used to working with different types of people. You got to get your documentation flow down. You got to get your daily work flow down. You got to get your life flow down. Because I'm sure most of us, you're working out, you have have friends, you have a significant other, right? Those are all things that got to kind of fall into place too, because you got to have a good good balance between your work and your life. And you want to make sure you're doing good at both. Um, And I think that was, that was definitely something I neglected in my first year that I think I would, I would definitely recommend not, uh, doing that, you know? Yeah. I still definitely haven't 
quite figured that out to where I'm kind of happy with my, with my balance with things, but I've definitely gotten a little bit better on it and kind of saying no to things and, you know, not taking on too much so that I can have, um, the time. Cause like you said, it's easy to just like be so excited and be like, okay, I'm going to do all these things. Yeah. And then like, you're like, yep. okay, like I also have to, you know, I want to spend time with my family and, you know, my significant other and yep. my friends and, you know, just managing you like, right. Like your, your other, your other life, like your regular life. Yeah. Um, so I think that's super important. Um, how, how would you say like looking back to, you know, Jay day one in North Haven, um, compared to, to now, you know, two years out, you know, what have been kind of some, maybe some of the biggest changes to you kind of as a, as a clinician, um, you know, how you practice that sort of thing. Um, or maybe kind of any surprises that you really had over the years, kind of what, what have you kind of seen? That's a, that's a good question. Um, I think, I think kind of as I've like thought about this, like when you asked me and then just like in general and, I think the the big thing is like, all right, when I first started, I remember I was like, you're so, you're so hyped for doing this. And I felt like I approached everyone the same. I was like, you know, you're super like upbeat or you're super like whatever. And I was like, not that I was treating everybody the same, but you're almost like kind of treating every patient the same. Cause it's just like, Oh cool. This is new. This is fun. Um, but I think the more I've kind of, you know, you've caught in, and again, we have a very diverse um, patient population mm-hmm. at Gaylord that we see. And I, I kind of almost got to, you know, you get to appreciate people for who they are. Um, and just how people have such different personalities and different things they respond to. Um, so I definitely will, will really try to focus, like try to focus in on that in the first couple of visits, like, okay, like who is this person? Like, what are they about? Like, how do I need to conduct myself when I'm with them? Cause I, I, I I'm, I'm bopping around the clinic all day long. I don't do the same stuff with every person. Like you kind of get to feel that. And I think, um, I think you just get like a better flow with your patients when you can kind of get a better feel for, you know, and again, we could talk any, any number of like personalities or styles or, or just how people are. Um, I think you got to kind of take that into, and that's, that's not something you're taught in school. That's mm-hmm. like, I, I remember reading the books and, and this and whatever. Um, but I think just kind of learning some of that stuff and just starting to try to connect with people that way a little bit more. Um, and I feel like people, people kind of trust you a little bit more when you, when you do that too. And you're not just the same person after one, after the other, after the other, if that makes any sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, you have to, you know, read the, read the room, if you will, for lack of yeah. a better term, I yeah. can't think of like, you have to figure out, okay, who's this, this person in front of me, kind of like you were saying, and you know, what do, where are they going to respond best to? Because, you know, not everyone, you know, is going to respond to that person. That's all like hyped up. And, you know, sometimes you got to tone down because, you know, newsflash, like not everyone's yeah. excited to be going to PT. Um, so as much as you want to be that like positive, positive person all the time, yeah. you know, that can, you know, at certain points that someone doesn't want to deal with that and you just have to be able to be yeah, aware of sure. that. Um, so I think that's, I think huge is being able to, you know, not treat everyone the same as, as far as like knowing that everyone that you interact with is going to be different. You know, they're going to want, expect different things, and you have to kind of, I think, I don't remember where I got this from, but someone was just like, you have to be like a chameleon in ways that you have to be able to kind of change shades and, and, yes. and be that, you know, be, be the person that, you know, not that you're being fake, but like, you're just, you have to kind of meet that person where they are and, and be able to connect with them. Um, be a so. chameleon. That was actually when, uh, when I did my interview, they were like, if you could be one animal, what would you be? And that's what I said. I said a chameleon. Cause I can, I can get along with a lot of different types of people. I like that. Yeah. 
And I was like, oh, that's kind of, I mean, I feel like that was like kind of true. Cause I mean, like in my personal life, I have a lot of different groups of friends that like are, are very different. And I was like, I get along with each of them differently. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I can probably kind of bring that here. Cause it's, it's people, it's the same thing. They're just, they just happen to be here for like rehab or pain or, or whatever reason they're here for. Um, but yeah, I, you, you said it very, I give the long winded answer, read the room. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. And then, you know, that's still, you know, something that, you know, it just, it's, and it's, again, it's not something you learn in school, right? It's like you learn, yeah. I, I've, I talked about this with, you know, my mentor group for level up. And it's like, you know, you learn communication in school for the most part. It's like, okay, you have to, you know, make sure you're making eye contact. Like you're, you're not, you know, facing like, you know, the computer while you're talking to someone, have your back turned and like, yeah. you know, you learn those things. And, but like, you don't learn like, you know, how do I like connect with this human being in front of me and, and, and be able to kind of create that, that therapeutic alliance that we talk about all the time in school, but you know, you don't really, you have to experience it and practice with it and mess it up in in order to actually learn it. Um, For sure. And like, and like for me, I know for you too, like you were involved in CrossFit, you were doing coaching before I was like, to me, it was like working, like being a trainer, like doing, doing combo one-on-one group, whatever you want to call it. Like that was the invaluable stuff um, through like before and through PT school. Cause I was like, I had those really poor interactions with people much earlier on, like uh, 19 years old training people. Like you're like, who the heck is this guy? And that's when I got to have all, cause we all have them. When you, if you haven't worked with people before, you're like the first bunch of times you do it, it's awkward. It's, it's uncomfortable. You probably mess up a bunch. Um, you're, you know, you're not, I don't know. I, I just, I, I have so many awful memories of the first couple of weeks when I was training people, but it was like, I, I was like really grateful. I got to do that. And I, I always encourage people. I was like, if you're going to do one job, like when I was, um, I was a GA at Quinnipiac. So I got to work with a lot of the younger students and they were like, Oh, they would always ask me this, that, and the other thing I was like, I think getting involved being a trainer, yoga instructor, um, like Pilates, I don't, I don't, it doesn't really matter what kind of exercise it is, but having that, that group interaction, that one-on-one interaction with people before you get out and actually be a clinician, I think is invaluable that I think anyone should really take advantage of if you can. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. I think that's one of the things that, you know, I give credit to, um, the, one of the most is being, it was like, I was, you know, coach first. So I, I felt, yeah very comfortable just interacting with, with, with people. And that's why I kind of hated, um, like the mock patient stuff. Cause like, I just, I always struggled with like that, like being like making a fake situation. But I was like, if you put me in front of like a patient and I can have like an actual conversation, like I feel fine, but like, I just don't, I don't know how to like say something like pretend this play this pretend game, which I know that like, you know, I know the purpose of it and things like that. Um, it's practice, but it's just, it's very different than actually having a conversation with the, with the actual. Yeah. Person. Right. Cause think about this. Like you go into those, mo- we had, mo- we, I don't know what you guys have. So what did you guys have at UConn for like, um, like your mock patient labs or like, how did that go for you guys? Yeah. So we would usually, uh, depending on the class, sometimes we, you know, the, our professor would be, you know, our, our, our patient, um, and they would play like a certain, you know, case or scenario, or sometimes it would be, you know, us working with another student. And basically we would go into a room and then like one person would be the patient and, like they would pick us up a paper and it'd be like, okay, this is your, this is who you are, you know? So you have to kind of play that role. Um, and then you kind of do it that way. Um, but again, it's just, it, it, that was always hard for me. 
Yeah. Right. So like, how's that imagine how, like, how's that work? You walk into that. You're like, Hey, what's up, Jim? Like, Hey, nice to meet you. Like I'm Jay, like this, that, and the other thing you're talking. So what do you do for work? Like they'd be like, what the hell are you asking that during a practical force? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, well, that, that's what you do. Like when yeah. you start your exam you're on the table, Hey, what do you do for work? Like this, that, and the other thing, you know, and then you end up just kind of getting to know them. You find out what they like, right? They have a family, they have kids, they don't this, that, and the other thing. Right. And those are just kind of the, just the natural conversations that happen. Um, but again, if you did that in school, you did that in practice. Then what are you asking that for? Yeah. That's not relevant. Yeah. But in reality, it's super relevant when you're when you're working with people. So. Yeah, and I think that's you know kind of a, a key thing that you just kind of brought up indirect was like when we're in school and you're doing your practicals and things like that. Like you know, how much value are you taking for the like quote unquote subjective portion of the exam? Besides, like you're trying to get the uh, you know, oh, I have pain with you know first thing in the morning that seems to get better after an hour or you know that sort of thing so like besides getting those details out of it are you like actually practicing making a uh you know uh a connection with with another human being or are you just doing what you have to do to move on to your objective portion of the exam um which now like you know you can get really efficient now like i mean we have 40 minutes to do our our evals so it's like most of the time, I think you're the same way. It's like most of the time spent on that subjective portion. And then, you know, you, we know that we're relatively efficient at doing a, a decent, at least, you know, objective examination where I can spend most of that time on the subjective, you know, trying to build that connection early on. Um, and then obviously like, you know, asking your questions as far as like screening and making sure they're appropriate for PT. But I think yeah. that's been one of my biggest things is like ever since starting was like really like truly understanding the importance of that subjective piece of the examination. Yep. Yeah. And not about you, but I think a big thing, like a big lesson that I learned in my first year too, was you don't have to get everything on day one. Um, I think I always used to, and I mean, I don't know if that's, that's, that was me personally, or if that was kind of how school made it be, or that's how my CIs had made to be, or probably a combination of all of them, but you come out of the first day and you're like, okay, I have to go in. I have to, I have to find every single thing I'm going to treat in the next six weeks. And then I would remember I would, I would do an exam and I'd go back into my office and luckily the next patient would cancel and I would sit there and I would read through my notes and I'd be like, damn, I missed this. I missed this. I missed this. I missed this. I missed that. And I'm like, wow. And I thought that you, you're like, wow, I thought I got everything and you missed all this, but then they come back the next time and you look at those things then. Yeah. Um, I think that was like a huge, that was like a huge thing. And I don't think that that's like a substitute for saying, yeah, your, your, your examination doesn't matter. Cause that's, I don't think that's true either. Um, but it's like, if you miss one or two things, as long as you, you know, you did, you know, you did your screening, you ruled out your, you know, your, anything you would need to refer somebody out for. Um, and you, you got the bulk of it. Like you can look at one other thing next time. And if it changes your treatment thing, then great. And then you won't make that mistake again. Um, but I think that was something that was really helpful in first year practice is like, it's, it's okay if you miss one or two things. Yeah, no, that was a hundred percent me. Those first couple of weeks, maybe months of, of practicing where like I was probably, especially when like you're trying to build a caseload. So like all my, you know, patients in the beginning, first couple weeks were just evals. So I'm like, I'm taking forever to do an eval because I'm trying to get everything during that session. So I'm like late, you know, for my, to start my next eval. And then I'm rushing through that one. So I'm like missing all sorts of things. And like when I go back and I'm like, think I'm trying to document it later. Um, so I would definitely, that's been a big lesson for me over the, you know, the course, probably the last six months or so is that it's okay if I don't get everything. 
on, yeah. on day one. You know, as long as I hit my my big things, um, I just make a note to myself. Okay, make sure we look at this next time. Um, then then that's absolutely fine because like like you said you don't have to you know i think you know when we kind of you know quote unquote give like a diagnosis right it's like that's always evolving it's not yeah. just like okay yep. this is what it is and then all right we're just gonna move on from that in six weeks eight weeks and we'll be good it's like you constantly kind of reassess um and you, you kind of are saying okay is this you know what i originally thought it was you know we keep kind of checking in on things um so that's kind of fluid the whole time yeah. And the thing I always thought was funny too, and it kind of, it like lightened everything up for me. And I was like, okay, don't be so hard on yourself. I would, if I did an eval and I'd be like, damn, that eval was terrible. This person hates me. I didn't figure out what's going on. And then they came back to the next visit and I'd be like, okay. So even though I thought I did really bad, clearly they saw some reason to come back. And that's when I was like, okay, like it, it, it again, take a, you know, take your chill pill, take a step back, you know, process it. And then you, you do better next time. Yeah. I was, uh, we were talking about that in our last, uh, with my quote, uh, my mentees and we were like talking about how, you know, having that growth mindset of like, you know, you're starting out and you're doing your, your evals and you're like, Oh man, like I'm so bad at this. Or like, I, I do, I did this test terribly. Um, and then it's like, okay, well, you know, when I'm, I'm, I'm just starting out, like I'm going to get better at that. But then also realizing that the person in that room probably thinks you're crushing it. And like, they, they have yeah, no idea that like you're stumbling around. Like yeah. they probably, they were like, Oh yeah, that was awesome. And you're like, Oh man, I'm so, this was terrible. Like everything. Yeah. But they're they're, they're like, you're blowing their brain away. So I think especially too, cause by the time you've started your objective exam exam, you've already spent more time in the room with them than the physician that referred That's them. Probably fair. So they're already like, wow, this guy is taking his time. So Again, it's just things to like think about, you know, like we're reflecting on the first year or whatever. But like, as a, again, as a younger clinician, as a, as a student getting ready to start, it's like, those are the things that you can just realize that. And it, it takes the edge off for you because it, it's a lot of stuff to process. And it's a lot of stuff going on in your first, I mean, your first two years at this point for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, you know, it's like, just, just take a deep breath. It's all good. Yeah. One of the, uh, well, maybe one of the, like the last things we'll touch on as far as kind of reflecting back on, you know, your, you know, first two years, my first year, um, I would say, you know, I'm going to think of like maybe my biggest surprise. I've, I don't know if I want to call it that so far. Um, and then maybe you can share, you either touch on what I'm saying or like you can have or think of your own. But for me, it's like, you can't, and I don't like the wording of that I'm saying, but you can't save everyone. Right. Or like not everyone is going to have a successful outcome and that's okay. And it's at the end of the day, as long as you do your best and kind of, you know, from your end, whether that's, you know, providing the education that they need um, or just, you know, kind of trying everything that you, you you can, you know, from like, you know, that's justifiable and things like that, then, then you can't be too hard on yourself. And I think that took me in, in one patient, like always kind of sticks in my mind when I think about this, that I would love to have another opportunity at because I probably, I should not even just one patient. I'm sure I I could think of a few, but there's one that definitely sticks out in my mind um, that like we, you know, he ended up going, you know, uh, we ended up discharging because we weren't really making progress and he ended up having surgery and he actually came back and and crushed it um, after, 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 after he he had surgery. Right. Yeah. Yeah. With, yeah. See, I think, you know, yeah. what I'm talking about, yep, uh, I, didn't, I didn't do a damn thing. He was so pumped. He was like, yep, I had the surgery. Everything is great. And I was like, 
okay. I was like, so, you know, we just did some basic stuff, a couple stretches, walking around, doing some lifting, whatever, treadmill, like, and he just wanted to be able to go like walk his neighborhood and then go yeah. walk the casino and whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. And that's, a, I think that's a great example. Um, so yeah, so that was probably my biggest thing was like, you know, there are times when, when maybe, you know, maybe I could have handled that better and maybe he didn't end up needing to have surgery or anything like that, but, but maybe, you know, that was his, his best option at that point. And like you said, after he, you know, he ended up coming back in and he, he crushed it and he's probably yeah. still crushing it. Um, but I think that, that was a hard pill for me to, to swallow that I just, I couldn't kind of get through to him in the way that I wanted to. And I didn't get kind of the outcome that I wanted. Um, you know, which, you know, listening to myself say that it was kind of, I wanted it, right. It wasn't like, it wasn't maybe what he wanted. Um, so at least for me, that's probably one of been my, one of my biggest lessons over, over the course of the last year. Yeah. All right. And at the end of the day, he got what he wanted too. Exactly. Like, he came back for a few visits. He was like, Hey, my pain's great. Like the surgery worked. My leg's not numb, this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, all right, cool. Like that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you? Do you have like a, a big, um so i think the the thing for me that i i thought about lately um especially after some other stuff too um like some other personal stuff that have been going on um but what i what i try to do is i I think you can you can sniff out some of those people who are like all right pt is probably not gonna be the best fit for you right now just because some people have a lot of stuff going on you know 15 doctor's appointments you know x-ray mri this that and the other thing they got so many things oh i don't know if i can calm right so one of the things I try to do, at least in that situation, and even in it, really in any situation, is at least try to like explain to people how to like navigate the healthcare system a little bit. Because um, I think in some of the cases, especially some of the people that are like, I, well, I don't know, my doctor just told me to do this. Well, so that's like, all right, even if I don't think I'm going to help and I need to, there's been times like, for example, right now, there's one lady I had to send back to her doctor. And I was like, look, like, you know, we, we, there's some reasons why I think you need to go back to your doctor right now, but here's the questions you want to ask your doctor. Here's like the, the other provider that you told me you were seeing, you know, you can call them and ask them this. They can fax something over to me. I can send, right. So at least you're kind of telling them because what's, what happens is we all get busy. Healthcare is crazy. Right. So like, and these people end up getting stuck, at least, you know, some of the people that will see. So I at least want to be like, Hey, you can call X, you can call this person. You can ask this person for this. You can call me and ask me to call your doctor if you want. That's fine. Um, but I think if like, as long as people have like a little, they, at least I'm not going to help them. Like, let's say I'm not going to be the one that is going to help them. At least if I can help them navigate or ask the right questions or ask better questions with their doctor, that's what I want to be able to do. And I think if you can, you can help somebody do that too. And even if you don't treat them for more than a visit or two, they at least got something useful for when they go back into the, the you know, the healthcare system, which can be difficult to navigate for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think, Again, that all comes down to, you know, how are you aware of those things unless you're really kind yeah. of making that connection with the person? Yeah. Um, and, you know, kind of fits into to my piece too is like, it might not be, you know, PT might be great for them, but maybe not at this moment. Yeah. Um, and they can always, you know, come back if they feel the need to, or they're still not where they want to be. But like, maybe there are some other things that take priority and they have to figure out first before it's more appropriate yeah. for them to come you know, and see, and see us. Um, and I think yeah. that that, you know, that's another thing that kind of, you know, I had another patient that kind of, you know, I was just like, you know what, you know, I think PT is going to be probably 
it's actually going to be, you would do really well with PT, but then, you know, he kind of had something in his head that he wanted to do. And I said, you know what, I support that decision and yeah. go take care of that. And, you know, if you want to come back, we're right here. Um, and we'll, we'll help you when you need it. But that's, if that's your decision right now, then that's absolutely okay. And, and being okay with that, I think at the end of the day is also, um, just an important thing. Um, uh, but I think, yeah, especially the people we see kind of mapping that out for them a little bit and kind of making their, cause like you said, people can get kind of stuck in that, you know, system and, and not kind of get the yeah. care that they need. And sometimes it's as simple as, you know, Hey, let's, let's make sure you're talking to this person. And then let's, I, you know, let's write down these questions for you to ask, um, and make sure that, because, you know, unfortunately, and it's not necessarily all on the physicians either. They, they're, you know, they're on time constraints. They have to see certain volume people. So like, you know, but you know, I think that's probably one of the things that I'll usually suggest to people. And I'm like, okay, like make sure you write your questions down because like yeah. you get in there, you start talking about other things and then like you leave and you're like, oh, I didn't even ask what I wanted to ask. Um, so like write it down. And then if you can't ask them all kind of leave it with the front desk and say, Hey, I have these questions when the doctor gets a chance, you know, can he or she please review yeah. these and get back to me whenever, whenever he or she can. Um, so I think, that, that, you know, being able to help and even though that's not maybe our traditional role as PTs, but helping people navigate that healthcare system is, is huge. Yeah. Cause you're still helping them. Like, right. You're, you're just helping them in a different way. Um, Absolutely. Even, even things as simple as like, like I'll tell, like, I, um, you know, I'm a big, like direct access person. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sure you may know the, the gentleman that I told, I was like, Hey, um, you know, you, your insurance allows you to come here without going to your doctor. And he was like, really? He was like, I didn't know that. And I was like, yep. I was like, you know, so you'll get um, six visits off the top. If the doctor signs off on your referral, um, you, you can come back. He goes, I had no clue. Thanks for telling me that. Two months later, he fell off his bike. He called the same day. He came in. He was like, hey, I need to get seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were able to see him the next day. And, you know, he was appropriate for therapy at the time. And he was like, he was all bent out of shape. But we were like, hey, like, he goes, he goes, I would have had to wait four weeks to go see my doctor. Like if I didn't know that, like I would have been miserable for these four weeks. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm glad we got you that info and now tell a friend that's all you got to do. Um, so it's just simple stuff like that too, that, that gets me going. And I, I love when that happens. Yeah, no, I think that's you. I think that's maybe like not a less, uh, probably like, I guess a lesser advertised portion of our job or like, you know, what we do is in a, and this is kind of more speaking towards like, I guess, outpatient ortho, but like what we do is beyond giving exercises and just watching people do these exercises, yeah. you know, we, edu- we provide education to people and it could be, it maybe it has to do with, you know, their prognosis or their, you know, kind of what they're coming in with, but maybe it's also that, Hey, you can come see me without going to see your doctor and having yeah. to wait that, you know, a long time if you, if you need to. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think, our overarching role of anything, you know, is, is we're, we're, we're educators at, at a certain aspect, um, yeah. Yeah. which, which Absolutely. is, which is cool. Cause I think that that's a really cool part of our job. Um, so awesome, man. So I think, you know, we've been probably talking probably relatively close to, to an hour and it's been, oh, wow. it's been, yeah, I know it kind of, I'm so we'll definitely have to, to have you back on. We'll, you know, touch, you know, on some, maybe it's some more social media stuff. Cause that's always a, a fun conversation to have. Um, but I really, yeah, uh, you, you know, a, we could do a whole hour on social media. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I definitely appreciate you taking the time to, to hop on with me tonight. Um, for anyone that, you know, 
wants to get in touch with you or connect with you, kind of what's the easiest way for someone to do that? Um, you can probably find me on Instagram uh, at J underscore LePage. Uh, you can, you can try to find me on prime physio fitness, but I will guarantee you I will not answer. Um, so yeah, J underscore LePage, easiest way to reach me. Uh, or you can email me jlepage at gaylord.org. That's probably the, the, the easiest way to get in touch with me. Um, yeah. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone again for listening to another episode of Mike Check. If you haven't already, please make sure to subscribe on whatever uh, platform you're listening with and leave a review if you'd like, but that'll do it for today's episode and I'll catch you guys next time.